the sixth time in a row, the BYU Cougars left the field searching for answers. 105 to go. They'll kneel it out, and we are finished here in Starkville. 35-10 will be our final score. MSU over BYU. Tonight, the Cougars are in Greenville, North Carolina, home of the East Carolina Pirates. It's going to be a fun matchup. Looking forward to going out east. I think it's the first game BYU has ever played in one of the Carolinas. So it'll be cool to go over there and play in that environment. While the remaining schedule may not have dominant opponents, BYU knows it can't afford to take any team lightly, especially if it wants to play in a postseason bowl game. We're optimistic and we think that we can pull off six straight. It's going to be a tough six games, but I think we can pull it off. As for what a win today would mean to a team that desperately needs it, team captain Butch Pau sums it up. It'll mean the world. It'll mean the world. It's time to count you down to kickoff. BYU versus East Carolina on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Live coverage of BYU football begins with the Cougar Countdown Show. The Countdown Show is brought to you by Ken Garf Nissan, Honda, and Volkswagen. Proud sponsors of BYU and the Cougar community. We hear Cougs. Now let's join your host, Jason Shepard. Good afternoon, BYU fans. Welcome into the Cougar Countdown Show. Today, the Cougars are at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium in Greenville, North Carolina, to face the East Carolina Pirates. Today's matchup features not one, but two teams with identical one and six records. BYU looking to snap a six-game losing streak. And let's be honest, today is a perfect day to do that. Joining me from the broadcast booth at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium is former BYU quarterback, Cougar radio analyst, and not to mention my good friend, Mark Lyons. Mark, how is North Carolina treating you today? Man, it's awesome. Uh, they've been great. They uh, picked me up, took me over to their bookstore. I was on the radio. They, they put me on the radio. Wow. That was awesome. Well, Mark, we're, we're doing that too. So. Oh, yeah, well, it's even better here. Okay, so... It's it's nice though. It's always nice to to be wanted and taken care of. This is Looking BYU's out over. The, oh, I was yeah, going to say it's BYU's first ever trip to the Carolinas, so this yeah. is a big deal. So we're sitting up here on top of the stadium. And looking out just over the tops of the trees, and you can just see forever. Gorgeous, gorgeous scenery, no question about it. Mark, once BYU lost to Utah State, a six-game losing streak looked likely, and that's what's happened. The loss to the Aggies was followed by a loss to Boise State at home, and then last week at Mississippi State. The Cougars have lost six in a row. This is a great opportunity today to be able to snap that six-game losing streak and start something that they hope will lead to a bowl game at the end. Yeah, that's the truth. You know, uh, uh, BYU is competitive against Portland State, of course, and they were competitive against Utah. And so in those two games, they certainly had a chance. They had a good chance to have beaten Utah State, you know, but uh, you lose the quarterback, and all of those things become tough to deal with. But uh, just like my favorite movie, The Natural, says, losing is a disease. (laughs) And, uh, you know, the mind is a strange thing. It is a disease. It, It starts to spread, but it's curable. There is a cure for that. The medicine is a win. And so that's what BYU, they have to swallow the pill today and get a victory, and that changes a lot of stuff as you go in preparation for the next game. I get that the players and the coaches can't talk about the schedule getting easier, but there's no question that the opponents that the Cougars will play over the last six games are not the same as the previous six. How can BYU take advantage of what's ahead of them right now? Well, 
I hate to say this, but it's one game at a time, Jason. You know, no. it's, it's such You're a cliche. The cliche. It is. It's such a cliche. But uh, you, ha- you know, you go into each game and and uh, you have an opportunity to win. When you put six of them ahead of you, that becomes such a huge task that you have to win six games in a row. It's a monster out there. And so you just want to be able to take it one game at a time. And today is the opponent is East Carolina. You have to get the first one if you're going to win all six. So it becomes your primary objective. And you have to see improvement today. That's the next thing that we just have struggled with. There has to be improvement. So uh, once you break that string of those losses, all of a sudden you start to play better. And playing better gives you better confidence. And then you move more to improve. You know, it's a downward spiral that is completely flipped. And uh, you see a marked improvement. So that's what you get out of a victory today. We always talk, Mark, about establishing the run. Yeah. And that's what BYU wants to do. And this week, BYU should be able to do just that. ECU's defense in general is not very good. They give up nearly 272 yards on the ground alone. Doesn't that sound like the perfect (laughs) medicine for a team that wants to get its backs going? Well, uh, yeah, it really does, you know. uh, But I watch video on East Carolina, and particularly at the start of games, they're very aggressive. They get after it. They're good, hard tacklers. But teams that play them, even Virginia Tech, who is a ranked team, very solid, they'd hammer it in there for four yards. They'd get four yards. They always kept kind of a consistent gain. But they just had a hard time getting any big plays, and East Carolina's defense would swarm. I was really surprised when I see the numbers. They're just impossible to accept how many points they give up, how many yards they get. They give up 600 yards a game. You know, when you talk about 272 running, they give up 328 through the air. Their third down conversion, they give up first downs at 58% of the time. You know, they've played good teams, but they do play hard. But I think that they do fade as the game goes on. And so uh, if teams get ahead of them, looks like they get discouraged, just like you would think they would for a team that's in the same situation as BYU. Okay, we were talking about the Pirate defense. Now let's talk about the BYU defense because the Pirate offense has been able to do one thing and one thing only that year, and this is throw the football. So what do you want to see out of the Cougar defense today against a team that can get big yards through the air? Yeah, and there's the other side of it, Jason. The numbers don't tell you the story. They complete about 52% of their passes. 52%, and you would think at 52%, that's not going to be very successful. But they throw the ball uh, a lot. They throw the ball a lot of times. So the fact that they throw it a lot and they complete 50% of them, well, they're still getting half of every throw. They're getting some pretty big yards. They have four receivers that average more than 16 yards a catch. So I, I think this is a tough situation for BYU's defense. They've got to get some pressure up front, and uh, they've got to make that quarterback worry about what's coming at them, and uh, they've got to tighten up those zones in their secondary because last week against um, Mississippi State, there was just way too much room for those quarter- for the quarterback to be able to make those passes for first downs. They've got to stop those third-down pass plays and uh, be able to get them off the field. 
He is Mark Lyons. He is at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium in Greenville, North Carolina. My name is Jason Shepard in our BYU Radio Studios in Provo, Utah. Coming up next, we will talk with the radio play-by-play voice of the Pirates, Jeff Charles. The Cougar Countdown Show continues in just a moment on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to the Cougar Countdown Show. Jason Shepard and Mark Lyons with you. We are also now pleased to be joined by Jeff Charles, who's the play-by-play voice of East Carolina football. Jeff, thanks for taking a few minutes today. We appreciate it. You are very welcome, and we welcome BYU to Greenville today. Yeah, the first time that BYU has ever played in the Carolinas, so it's quite the occasion. Um, we know how 1-6 and six is going over out here. How is 1-6 going over in Greenville? Probably about the same way as going over in Provo, I would guess. People aren't too happy with the program. And and uh, Coach Scotty Montgomery's in his second year here, and his record is four wins and 15 losses. So it's not only been this year, it's been last year, too. And East Carolina has a very proud football tradition. This is a football-first school that's had uh, great teams and some great seasons over the years. And they're not used to this kind of season, nor the last two seasons, for that matter. So... Yeah, people want to see this team come out and play a lot better. And what they've really not done very well at all is compete this year. And, in fact, in the last couple of years, the average loss has been 26 points per game. So they've got a lot of work to do. Well, I was impressed as we walked uh, quite a ways today to get to the stadium. There's still lots of tailgaters out there partying it up. And uh, what kind of crowd do you think you're going to get today? homecoming. Yeah, it's homecoming, Mark. I would think that it could bump 40,000 today. Now, East Carolina has been, you know, 45, 47 on a big game when a Virginia Tech or a North Carolina comes in here, a regional rival. I mean, the place will be full. It seats 50,000. And as we talked this morning when you were on my show here in Greenville, the fact that usually outside of, of course, the uh, the Power Five, BYU and East Carolina is usually 1-2 in attendance. And so this yeah. is a school has a big following like BYU. But, you know, everybody loves a winner, Mark, as you know. And when you're not, <laughs> when you're not winning games, it affects attendance. And we're seeing that happen with East Carolina football this year. Jeff, the sentiment out here is that the remaining games for BYU are not the imposing teams that they faced to this point. Therefore, it's a chance to get right. Are the Pirates looking at things the same way? Because their schedule early on was not very easy. No, and of course, BYU, as we all know, has played a great schedule. East Carolina has played four teams in the top 25 this year as well. And uh, those teams are in this league, three of those four teams in this league. So it's been a tough schedule for the Pirates. And East Carolina out of conference always goes out and schedules very difficult teams. You'll see Virginia Tech and West Virginia. And then you'll see the schools in-state here. North Carolina will pop up into the top 25 and be an opponent for ECU. So down through the years, one of the characteristics of this football program schedule that the American Athletic Conference is getting so much better with UCF and USF yeah. and Memphis, of course, is right. having a really good year. You know, now your conference schedule is really tough, too. So it's a tough road to hoe. Well, Jeff. The numbers that uh, East Carolina puts up offensively, man, they have some great receivers. The quarterback yardage is terrific, and yet then you look at the percentage of completion, and it's not even at 55%. How does this happen? I need that explanation. Well, I think at times this year, Mark, the problem has been that uh, the offensive line has not held up really well. In fact, last week in the loss against UCF, uh, Thomas Cirk, the quarterback, just didn't have much time at all to throw the ball. And so he was rushing his throws. He was under heavy pressure most of the game. I think that's 
that's one of the reasons why he he's a good quarterback he had a great year two years ago at duke in 2015 he led duke to a championship uh, win in a bowl game up in new york the pinstripe bowl and he had a good year there and then of course he sat out so he had some rust and now he's a graduate senior here at ECU and you know at times he's a little erratic with his throws but it's been more because of the fact that he has not had a whole lot of protection in the pass protection and the fact too Mark that East Carolina has not been able to run the ball very well at all this year and so it's put a lot of pressure on him throwing the ball and you know it's just kind of one thing after another. Jeff Charles joining us here on the Cougar Countdown Show, play-by-play voice for the East Carolina Pirates, getting ready for the Pirates and the Cougars coming up in just a little while. And, Jeff, the defensive numbers that the Pirate defense is giving up, quite honestly, is eye-popping. How much of that is because of the opponents that they've faced in the first part of the season, which we talked about, most are ranked teams, and how much is just that this defense is really struggling? I think both of the above. I mean, they've played some really good offenses. That offense down at UCF last week, I read something the other day that they are the leading scoring offense in all of college football in the first half of games. (laughs) So they have been really good. USF, really good on offense. Virginia Tech, West Virginia's got a great quarterback, and they, they lit up the Pirates, too, once they went up to Morgantown. So they've played really good competition for sure. But then you flip the coin on the other side, and there are some deficiencies defensively with this team. They don't have as much speed on the field as they would like. They're playing a lot of young kids. This is the second year of the program here, just like BYU's second year in a transition. And so they've also had injuries, and with the injuries, they've had to force-feed some young kids and get them on the field probably before they're ready to play. And then they fired the defensive coordinator here after a couple of games. Uh, Kenwick Thompson was fired. Robert Prunty was on the staff. He was elevated to the defensive coordinator position. You don't really want to see that happen during the season, but it happened. And so, you know, you can line them up, guys, Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, and it's just been a whole bunch of stuff. Well, what a day. Thank you very much, Jeff. You know, you were saying you wanted to be hospitable. Uh, this <laughs> is a picture-perfect day. Isn't it gorgeous? Yeah, it's not like football weather in the fall, but uh, it is beautiful today. But now this is a night game, and uh, we commented earlier, you don't have a lot of night games. Coach Sataki said he really appreciated it because it's going to be cooler, and uh, that's where it's been in Provo for a little bit. Yeah, well, we've had games here in September, and September here in eastern North Carolina is like the middle of summer. It's really not fall at all. And we played games in this stadium in the afternoon in September. It's been 97, 98 degrees, and it has been just miserable. So, yeah, October, things start to cool down uh, just a little bit. It was beautiful today. A 78 to 80-degree day in, in October is what we usually get. So the one thing the Pirates do have an advantage with, guys, is oftentimes they practice you know, in August in this 95 and even 100-degree heat for a month, and then it's still hot here in September. And uh, sometimes when you go up north and you play the Temples and the Yukons yeah. or they come here, right. uh, it's, a, it's a factor in games because the Pirates are more used to the heat and the humidity. The humidity here is really terrific because you're only an hour and a half from the ocean and you get all that ocean humidity here. So it's a hot place. And when it's uh, 78 degrees like it was today, it actually feels kind of cool right here. (laughs) I'm telling you, Jason, it's a perfect weather right now to sit out here. I think I'm in Honolulu. (laughs) Mark, you will be in Honolulu in a couple weeks. Yeah, that's right. So you're going to get the best of both worlds. Uh, Jeff, what what is the East Carolina coaches? 
Now, what are they saying? What are the East Carolina players saying about this BYU team that's coming in today? Well, number one, they have a lot of respect for BYU and certainly a lot of respect for the great tradition that you folks have had. It's been amazing. I've, I've enjoyed just watching BYU football for all of these years and certainly remember the 1984 team and all the great quarterbacks that you guys have had and what a tremendous coach Coach Edwards was. And so for, for a lot of us, it's a treat to have BYU come in here and play. And, and Coach Montgomery, East Carolina's coach, has said everything the same way this week. And they have a lot of respect, uh, too. I know BYU struggled offensively, but they're concerned about their size. East Carolina is not really big on defense. And when we see a big, strong, physical team come in to play East Carolina like Temple was a couple of weeks ago, they kind of play it close to the vest and get the ball uh, offensively in the second half and start pounding away and grinding away against a, a pirate defense that has been out on the field way too much this year. And I would think for BYU, if they can get the game into the second half and it's pretty close and then they can pound away with their running game, that would uh, certainly benefit the Cougars here today. So, you know, a lot of respect for the program for sure. And I think everybody around here was was really pleased to see uh, a two-year extension to yeah. the series. We had a great time when we went out to Provo a couple of years ago, and we're going to get to go out there again, and you guys will be here one more time after tonight. Yeah, I know. that. That's great. I, I was excited about that, too. Well, tell me about special teams. Uh, is that an advantage for possibly East Carolina? Well, the punter, Austin Barnes, has been great, Mark. Yeah. Uh, no doubt about that. He transferred here from Eastern Michigan, and he's right at 47 yards per punt, and he's done a terrific job. And the field goal kicker has been okay. He's got a big leg, and we think he's going to be good here. He's only a sophomore, but he, he can nail a 50- to 52-yard field goal. But uh, this is his first year as the kicker, and he has been a little erratic at times. Uh, they're getting nothing out of their punt return game at all. Yeah. Getting very little out of their kickoff return game. That they're, sounds familiar. Yeah, and their, their coverage units have been a lot better this year. They really struggled with their coverage units last year, but they made significant improvement there. So, I don't know, maybe kind of an even standoff yeah. as far as the special teams are concerned. It's even all the way around. Yeah, I think so, too. Jeff, great stuff. We appreciate the time. And um, if you wouldn't mind, I would really appreciate you giving a, a high five to whoever is in charge of the stadium music. Because the fact that we've had uh, Van Halen serenading us throughout the back of this interview, I, I think we may need to make that a permanent thing, Mark. We have uh, Van Halen underneath all the interviews we do. That's Wait till you hear the music when the uh, purple haze comes out of the yeah. locker room. You guys are going to get uh, a treat there. Purple haze, the old Jimi Hendrix tune, and the purple nice. and the gray smoke comes out of the tunnel here. And everybody's on their feet. It really is quite an entrance. Jeff, great stuff. Appreciate the, okay, uh, the time and have a good call. Thank you. You too. Thank you very much. That's Jeff Charles, play-by-play voice for East Carolina. When we come back, we'll let you hear from Butch Powell, Tanner Mangum, and head coach Kalani Satake in Cougar Cuts. This is the Cougar Countdown Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to the Cougar Countdown Show. Jason Shepard and Mark Lyons getting you ready for BYU and East Carolina from Dowdy Ficklin Stadium in Greenville, North Carolina. It's time, Mark, for Cougar Cuts. And after the game last week in Starkville, the players took that loss pretty hard, especially the seniors. And Junior Butch Pau talked about how critical and crucial this game is today because time is running out. Well, we expect from us as a defense, I mean, seeing Fred and seeing Micah, 
Hanneman and seeing some of the seniors that play on the defense, Hanson Taniello and Kezi Tausinga, I mean, seeing that kind of reaction right after the Mississippi State loss kind of hit me and hit some of the other guys, letting them know that we don't have much time with these guys. And not only these guys, we don't have much time in the season to go and waste the game. If we waste another game, then dang, I feel bad for the seniors. They don't get to go to a bowl. And they've been going to bowl since they first got here. We've never missed one. And so it's time, and I think the guys understand that, and so we will step up this week. You know, Mark, I mean, that's that's part of it. I mean, the, the seniors on this roster, this is not the way that they envisioned this season playing out. And, and as you heard, you know, Butch was talking about how they were taking it really hard. Well, yeah, absolutely. You have to take those kind of losses. Uh, when you, I really thought that they were going to be very competitive last week. I thought they were going to be in the game just to scare you a little bit because uh, Mississippi State's pretty basic. They're straight power run. They're pretty much drop back pass. The quarterback killed them, but that was the only thing that I thought was really disastrous. But East Carolina does stuff. They're tricky. They've got a lot of things going. They're athletic. Uh, you know, when you talk about, I felt, I think I felt that BYU is going to be more competitive last week, and I'm concerned more about uh, stopping this offense of East Carolina because of the uniqueness of it. So, yeah, I really think that uh, that had to be a tough one for them last week. I know that they anticipated they were going to be in the ball game, and so they've got to be in this game tonight. It's now or never. <laughs> with That's all of the, that, very nice. With <laughs> all of the outside noise and concern about this season, Tanner Magum discussed this week. He said this team has not quit. It will not quit, and it continues to put in the work and remain positive. Obviously, we're not satisfied at all. We're very, obviously very disappointed with our start, but at the same time, we're just as excited now, you know, just to get, get after, you know, our next opponent. And today at practice was very upbeat, you know, a lot of competition, a lot of, you know, hooting and hollering and, and celebrating when, 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 you know, defense gets a win, they celebrate. When we got a win, we'd celebrate. So, you know, just guys are still pumped up and having fun and um, getting after it, which is good. You know, you, you don't want to see guys start to lose that excitement, lose that enthusiasm. So it's good to see that we're, you know, we're all still excited to get get to work and because we know we have a big you know uphill battle ahead of us we're coming in here working hard i mean mark that's exactly what you're what you're hoping to hear what coaches yeah. love to hear exactly i, I agree uh, they just have to have fun again uh, it just seems like it's such a a work day for them and it has to be fun they have to get out and play and i was uh Impressed that he said that they had uh, a lot more upbeat attitude as the defense would win a play and then they'd get excited and the offense would win a play and they'd get excited. It just has to be uh, entertaining. You have to enjoy it. You have to get out and just compete. So uh, that's one of the things that uh, it's good to hear. While the final six opponents don't have the same look or record as BYU's previous six opponents, head coach Kalani Satake said that his team has to play better in all phases, regardless of the team on the other sideline. The focus is still on what we can do. I mean, if you look at the, on the teams that we played so far this year, we, we really have not played a complete game as a team. And where I feel like, hey, that was really good in all three phases. And so it doesn't really matter who the opponent is. We just need to find a way to play that. And that's that's my frustration and that's my my job. Head coach, that's what I got to do. But, you know, it's sad to say that midseason, but it has to happen this week. Yeah, I mean, all three phases. He's looking for that <laughs> for the first time this year. Yeah, everybody has to get better. It's not, you're not just competing against East Carolina today. As you pointed out, 
They want to win all six games, and it starts today. You have to get better to beat this opponent today, and you have to be better again next week, and you have to be better again the week after that. It's it's nonstop. And so, uh, yeah, I appreciate that he sees that also. Uh, that was my opening line, wasn't it, to you today, Jason? Uh, I believe it was. Yeah, i got to get better in order to be able to play each of these games. Coming up next, it's your chance to ask Lions. If you have a question for Mark Lyons, you can tweet me at JSN Shep. Again, at JSN Shep. Use the hashtag AskLions. That's A S K L Y O N S. You're listening to the Cougar Countdown Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back into the Cougar Countdown Show. My name is Jason Shepard. I am in our BYU Radio Studios in Provo, Utah. I'm joined by Mark Lyons, who's hanging out in lovely Greenville, North Carolina. It's time, Mark, for Ask Lyons. Here's today's questions. And I'm, <laughs> I probably know how you're going to answer this one because we kind of <laughs> talked about this a little bit. Oh, I'll, uh, let's I'll see. change it up then. <laughs> well, at KB47Y for Life asks... Do you believe this BYU team is capable of winning its final six games? And you cannot say, Mark, one game at a time. I'm taking that off the table. Capable? Uh, you can say it. If that's the answer that you want to say, you can say it. All right. Well, didn't the Cleveland Indians win like uh, 20 ridiculous seven-ish number games in a row this year? They did. Yeah, that's impossible to do. That's impossible to do. Uh, is It's not possible for a football team to go through the season undefeated. It's just not possible. And those things happen. Mathematically, the odds are so small that those things can occur. It's just not possible. But you go into each week's game with the opportunity for a victory. Wait a second. I just said it wasn't possible. You have a chance to win each week's game. And so in doing so... I, you have that opportunity that you can. Now, if I'm being asked, will they do it? I feel very positive about their opportunity, their their chances to be able to beat each opponent left on the, on the schedule. I think Fresno State poses a big problem, but I do think that they're going to be able to handle, they're going to be better than every team they play this year except for Fresno. Lisa in Columbia, Missouri wants to know, why are people afraid to use injuries as a reason why the season has gone yeah. the way it has? It's a big reason why things haven't played out like everyone expected. Yeah, you know, and that's the truth. And again, I could use uh, other sport examples. Well, let's use Gordon Hayward. Now, the Celtics won last night, right? Mm-hmm. And they won without Gordon Hayward. Uh, so the fact that one of your better players is injured, somebody else has to step up and play. I had the best receiver in the world, and I know that Nate doesn't think he's the best ever at BYU, and he's probably not, but he was really good, Phil Odell. Phil got hurt, and the guy that came in for him, we're playing Arizona State, he caught nine passes that week. The headline in the newspaper was, Jake gets chance, does good. It just cracked me up. But here's the backup guy that comes in for the star and ends up playing extremely well. So you've got to have enough depth. You've got to teach enough players that if somebody gets hurt, somebody else has to be able to step up and play. It's your team. That's your team. You're not playing individuals. So that's why people stay away from saying, oh, man, we got too many injuries because you got backups that are going to step up and play. At Himmy's House 12 has this. 
Who needs to have the bigger game today for BYU to win? Ula or Tanner? Ooh. 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 Ula. Ooh. Um, <laughs> that. Uh, uh, Ula or Tanner? Yeah. Um, man. Can they both have a big game? <laughs> um, well, well I if think I have everybody to pick hopes one, they both do. If I'm going to pick one, I'm going to pick Tanner. Uh, uh, I do think it's it's extremely important that they pound it and pound it and to beat up that front line. But I also think that if BYU can throw the football, you get more big plays, change field position, have better opportunities to score. So I doubt that we're going to have a lot of big runs out of Ula. But I think we have the chance for big pass plays out of Tanner. Following up on that, I mean, don't you think, though, that we will see a heavy dose of Ula today just simply because they have struggled so mightily, speaking of the East Carolina defense, stopping the run? I do I do think so. And it, and it is going to complement. We say it all the time. But uh, it is going to complement. We haven't. You know what? One of my I think the best pass play that BYU runs is the bootleg pass. Now, whether Tanner moves that well or not to throw that, I think he does. He ran a couple times with a scramble last week. So we have not seen that pass since Utah State when the ball got tipped off the linebacker's head. Bo Hodge threw that ball and tipped off the linebacker's head, and they returned it for a touchdown. We have not seen the bootleg pass since that game. And it's got to be one of the mainstays of picking up yards for BYU. So uh, that comes off the play action. I think play uh, you have to run the ball in order to be able to set up that play action. All right, last one. Uh, this one in from uh, Jimmy MGP uh, T seventeen. I love how people come up with their uh, Twitter MGPT. handles. T. Yeah, not there's got to be a meaning behind terrific. it. I'm not sure. Not great, uh, but terrific. <laughs> uh, that question is. How have, would you evaluate the offensive and defensive lines for BYU so far this year? Well, that's another hard one. I really uh, think that uh, the defensive line is coming along quite well. Uh, Corbin Kafusi works hard. Uh, Tonga is just getting, Cyrus Tonga is just getting really good. He's a freshman home from a mission. He's and, a beast. Uh, He's really uh, becoming a player. And, you know, he had a uh, – uh, uh, bend your elbow backwards. Uh, hyperextended, hyperextended, yeah, hyperextended yeah. elbow in last week's game and played like one-armed. Uh, he's a tough kid along with that. He's a good player. So I really feel that the uh, defensive front is uh, doing a pretty good job. Uh, the offensive side uh, hasn't had any substitutes play that I know of Certainly they haven't made them other than injuries, uh, and it's been limited time that those things occurred for the offensive line. The offensive line has pretty much played with five guys, and I uh, either that means they don't have somebody else to go in or they're really happy with the way they're playing. They do a good job in pass protection. I like how the offensive line pass protects. They do a good job, and uh, I think that... Uh, that's all I'm going to say. All right. There we go. That's Ask Alliance. Appreciate everybody <laughs> that chimed in with questions for Mark. We'll do it again next week and again throughout the week. Tough if you questions. Like to throw in questions. They're bringing the heat. The fans are yeah, bringing the heat. Like 
How about, like, spell Greenville? That would be one that I could <laughs> All do. right, Mark, here we go. Spell Greenville right now. <laughs> Live on the radio. G-R-E-E-N-V-I-L-E. L- two L-Zs. Oh, you caught yourself. <laughs> Very nice. Well, that was a hard one then, too. <laughs> when we come back, it's my Shep Talk conversation with linebacker Adam Pulsifer. The Cougar Countdown Show continues next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to the Cougar Countdown Show. Jason Shepard and Mark Lyons with you tonight. The Cougars take on the Pirates of East Carolina. This week's Shep Talk conversation is with BYU junior linebacker Adam Pulsifer. Adam currently eighth on the team in tackles with 26 on the year. And his playing time has increased without Francis Bernard playing this year. And Adam has made the most of it. Here's Shep Talk this week with Adam Pulsifer. It seems like this is... A topic of discussion or has been a topic of discussion for you know the last month and a half but how are you and your teammates dealing and handling the losing streak so one in six sucks right I hate losing more than anybody uh, but it's easy to find problems right we're here to find solutions and so that means going to work every day um, putting in extra time watching film um, you know working with the D-line linebackers safeties all so we can play as one uh, just doing the best you can in your role to help turn this thing around. Butch was telling us yesterday that, that you, uh, this week in practice, you, you got pretty vocal and you were getting on guys. And Why did you feel that was necessary for you to do that? I hate losing. Yeah. I hate losing. and uh, We didn't play like we needed to Saturday, and it starts with how we practice. So, you know, I think everybody's bought in flying around to the ball, but sometimes we need a, a little fire under, under us to get to the ball a little quicker. I've had an opportunity to talk with guys throughout this, this streak, but the motivation is still there. Everybody still believes that has to be huge when you're trying to climb out of something like this. Yeah, definitely. Belief in each other, belief in the system and the coaches. I mean, we know we can win. We know we can play. Uh, some things haven't gone our way, and we've just got to buy in more, uh, put in more time. To, to get ready and put a better product on the field for Saturday. You know, it's funny because you know, we talk about it, fans talk about it, well, BYU needs to win six in a row to go to a bowl game. Well, that's true, but you guys can't look at it that way. You have to focus on the next game, right? Yeah, so that means East Carolina, right? Their quarterback, number 10, transfer from Duke, he's a good player. He, he finds holes in the defense. Uh, they put up some points, so we've got to do a good job getting to our zones. Uh, when we're in man coverage, you know, keeping man eyes, and then in the run game, just shutting it down. Uh, playing our assignment, not trying to do too much, just doing what you do as good as you can. And that's one thing in looking at the Pirate defense. They've not had success running the football this year. That's something that they've struggled with. We talked with their coach, and he was saying that that's just been an issue all season long. We've not been able to run the football. Throwing the football has been completely different. How how much have you guys focused on pass defense this week? Yeah, definitely. Um, It's an emphasis. That's that's their strength. They've got some good receivers on the outside, number 81, 23, 85, a couple other guys, and that we've got to really do a good job finding them in in our coverages. We've got to get off the field on third down. That's the big emphasis this week. You know, last week we did a decent job on first and second, but we've got to turn up the pressure and and really uh, play hard on third down to get off the field. This may sound like somewhat of, a, of an odd question because maybe it's an obvious answer, but what would a win on Saturday mean to you guys right now? Oh, it's huge. It's what we expect. We expect to win every game, and that's what we need. That's what this team needs right now. When you look at the obstacles going into each game, you know, every, every, each game has its own set 
of circumstances. What do you guys look at as those benchmarks that you guys have to meet uh, in order for this game to be successful for you guys? Yeah, as a, as a unit, collectively, um, as a defense, we need to stop them. We need to get off the field, get the ball back to our offense, and, and get good field position. In terms of like hard metrics, it's not it's not one thing. It's it's doing your job. So for me, that means you know at Mike, at Bo, doing my job on every play that I'm in, on kickoff return, doing my assignment so that we can get good field position for the offense. That's the first play of offense. And so I think it just takes all you know 60, 70 of us that are there buying into our one job and and then you know a good product will come out you know we've heard uh, coaches and players all season long say we got to do our 111th that's yep. what you're talking about right there right yep the 111th that that's something we preach every day in practice and uh, it's the truth i wanted to ask you a question actually about your wife for those that don't know your wife mckenzie played on the basketball team now she graduated yep. so my question to you is how weird is it only having one athlete in the house that has to worry about practice right now <laughs> yeah it's kind of wild <laughs> kind of wild uh, a little different but she still plays pickup right she was out last night playing with you know some alumni and they had the alumni weekend uh boise state game and so that was fun for her to get to see all her her former teammates and, and players. You know, it's it's always a changing dynamic for us, and we just kind of roll with the, the flow and go with the flow and uh, make it work, so it's been fun. You know, I realize it's completely different sports, but I would imagine there would be something positive on having somebody who also is an athlete that's gone through that that you can kind of pick their brain or bounce things off of. Is that the case? Yeah, absolutely. I think she understood the struggle it took to, you know, become a three-year starter like she was, you know, playing on scout team, working her way up, and, you know, that that's only been helpful for me going from my first year just playing on kickoff return to now a role expanding into my junior season and it's been fun to have to talk about those things together what has this season been like for you I mean how would you evaluate your own play yeah I've done some really good things in some games uh, you look at Boise State I made some good plays some good tackles um, in Portland State there's there's been a few games where I played really well and then and there's some plays that you know I need to improve on and I bring a unique skill set to the game. I can stop the run. I can play physical. And I think it's just, you know, making the most of those opportunities, doing what I do uh, as good as I can. All right, we're going to wrap things up with the final four. If you could only eat one cereal for the rest of your life, what cereal would that be? Has to be Honey Bunches of Oats. Okay. Yeah. So I know it's kind of original, not super sweet or anything, but I never get sick of it. I have not had that one. That one is a new one. The next question is, who is your favorite Disney character? Ooh, it's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> Mickey, Donald, I mean, any oh, of those. Oh, the originals? Ever, yeah, anybody. Yeah, the it doesn't have, to be, doesn't have to be new. I, I just have to say some of the movies, right? Yeah, These aren't like old, you know, movies, but like Johnny Tsunami, all okay. of the kind of action okay. Disney Channel movies. I don't have like a, maybe okay. Goofy. Let's okay. say Goofy. There's nothing wrong with Goofy whatsoever. This one is always my favorite question. Okay. When they make your life story into a movie, which actor do you want to play you? <laughs> uh, I don't know actors very well, but let's say it's my life story I want. You know, I want to continue to do things throughout my life, so I hope there's a couple people, right? Ooh. You have, like, Tom Hanks at the end of your life. Okay. I, I don't know some of the, the younger actors. But if but. you're ending with Tom Hanks playing you in your life, you've done something right. Yeah, you got to be doing good things along the way, so hopefully it's, you know, my life will have tap us to it. All right, last question. What is the best part about playing football for BYU? It's what I dreamed of since I was little. You know, I'd say it's hard to wrap up in one thing. Teammates, um, representing the Y, you know, just 
playing football on such a big stage, representing my family, representing God. It's what I dreamed of since I was a little kid. It's why I wore a BYU shirt, second grade to picture day. Um, so it's been fun. Adam, great stuff. Appreciate the time and good luck on Saturday. Thank you. That was Adam Pulsifer and Mark. He, he's played well this year. And, and I mentioned leading into that interview, you know, his time has increased because Francis Bernard uh, is not playing this season. I, I think he's done a pretty good job this year. Yeah, I agree. I like the I like what you do, Jason. That was a good bit. You get to know those guys a little bit better and kind of feel like you're a buddy of theirs. But uh, he, he had a couple of Butch Pau hits that he's talking about in that Boise State game where he just lit somebody up. So uh, he's a physical kid. Coming up next, we're going to look ahead to Cougar pregame live and we'll visit with the voice, Greg Rubel. That's all coming up next. You're listening to the Cougar Countdown Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to the Cougar Countdown Show. My name is Jason Shepard. I'm in our BYU Radio Studios in Provo, Utah. We're joined by Mark Lyons, who's at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium, home of the East Carolina Pirates. Now, coming up on Cougar Pregame Live, Nate Mickle will join me. We'll get Nate's notes. You'll also hear from Scotty Montgomery, the head coach of the Pirates. That's all coming up on Cougar Pregame Live. But right now, as we always do, it is our visit with a voice sponsored by Harper's Homemade Bread, all natural, homemade fresh, homemade good. Joining us now, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Greg, are you enjoying the Carolinas as much as Mark is? Mark and I are, are similar in so many ways. And in this instance, we are uh, we share the same opinion. We love we love the Carolinas. We've got Carolina in our mind, and we are here in Greenville really Nicely enjoying uh, what we've had so far this weekend. My third trip to the uh, to this neck of the woods. I haven't been this far east in Carolina. I've been to Raleigh-Durham area a couple of times for an NC State basketball game, a Wake Forest basketball game, but never to Greenville. And uh, it is just gorgeous, and the weather couldn't be more perfect uh, in this late uh, October, you know, time of the uh, football season. And uh, it's just uh, just beautiful. And, man, for, for a 1-6 team, maybe Mark's already talked about this. I hate to repeat him if he's already mentioned it. But for a 1-6 program, man, the traffic into the stadium a good uh, three hours before the game was packed. And the tailgates are everywhere. And there's purple all over town. Our hotel. Barbecues are smoking. Oh, you can smell it everywhere. And at our hotel, lots of purple and gold crawling around. And so, yeah, I feel the support here. Uh, for a team that's a struggle to like BYU. I get the sense that the, their fan base is kind of hanging in with these people. I, I agree, Greg. They, uh, they, and they're friendly, and they talk to you. Uh, everything's good. I, I think they have a pretty good thing going. The only thing is they're a little irate. Some of them are a little irate at the way things are going. Well, I, you know, one in six can, can make you irate. Yeah. And uh, you got to two irate football teams, I think, uh, yeah. wanting to, uh, you know, turn the corner and flip things around. Of course, it's been a longer time for BYU than for ECU. Uh, you know, the, uh, the Pirates already have a conference win. So they've already beaten an FBS team this year, and BYU is still looking for its first FBS win of the season here in late October. They have four Great. wins in two years. That's right. That's right. Greg, you just spoke with Kalani Satake. Everybody will be able to hear that interview in its entirety coming up a little bit later on. Uh, But what knowledge can you drop on us after your conversation with Coach? 
Well, uh, as the backfield loses somebody, they gain somebody, and they really lost two somebodies. Uh, Squally Canada didn't travel. He won't be uh, won't be playing. Didn't play last week either. He's got a lower body injury. So Squally's out another game. Uh, Kavika Fonu is out another game. He's been out a long time. But K.J. Hall has been out of like a month. He'll, he might be back tonight. So there's a chance they'll, they'll get some reinforcements in the backfield. And while it's good to have more backs and good to run the ball at, at any time, I really think that the ECU defense dares you to throw uh, because everybody has. Uh, they're allowing an average of around 330 yards per game. And, and, and just the, the number that confounds yeah. is the, the average pass efficiency allowed is almost 190. <laughs> okay, BYU's last 190 game came three years ago. Uh, and and so it, you just don't get to 190. And that's the average allowed by ECU. Everybody throws it against these guys. Everybody scores it against these guys. And so there hasn't been a team that hasn't racked up the yards and the points. We're talking seven games, FCS, FBS, conference, non-conference. There hasn't been a team held down yet by ECU. And as much as BYU has struggled, if there's one team in America that says, this is, you know, this is a chance to show that you're still a good offensive football team. It's ECU. Can BYU do it tonight remains the question. And will they be allowed? To me, at least, the question. Mark's going to jump here in a second. But to me, the question is, will, uh, will the coordinator, will the game plan, will, will the coaches allow for and call for Tanner Mangum to put it up? Because two years ago against ECU, now different personnel. I mean, Tanner threw to an entirely different group of guys. Okay, none of his none of his receiving yards are back from the win two years ago. But he threw for 350, three touchdowns, no picks. And and when he left injured, that's when ECU made their rally. He comes back in and and, and rallies BYU yeah, back right. to win. So that was that was that that was Tanner Mangum at his best in that freshman year. The ECU game was showing you what Tanner Mangum could be when he was good. And I think. Tanner Mangum has to be good again in this kind of game. And I hope that uh, the game plan calls for him to do it because we've seen him do it. Now's the time for Tanner, Jason, and now's the time for the entire BYU offense because this is almost an historically generous and porous ECU defense. They can score it, however. I don't think you can just go out and necessarily count on winning 10-7. to 7. Uh, and It'd be great if you hold ECU to 7, but I do think it's the time for the offense to show that they're better than they've shown through 7 games. Well, Greg, uh, the numbers are ridiculous. I mean, it's crazy ridiculous on their defense. But as we watch video, the video doesn't seem to match what the numbers are. And the same thing, I think, is true on the offense. The numbers that you see don't seem to match their play on the field. I'm quite impressed uh, with their offense, the way they uh, are able to do things. And I'm also pretty impressed with their defense, the way they play the game. But they just give up huge Unre- 50 points a game is what they give up. Like the low the low for them, the low allowed is 34. The low yards allowed is 525. And again, the averages are 50 and 600. Yeah, so, it's crazy. So, so there have been games above 50 and games above 600, but the, but the low is only 525 and 34. So again, everyone's done it, and if BYU can't do it, then they, you know, I have some issues here uh, heading down the stretch. There's no doubt about that. But Mark talks about the film we've watched, and, and you'll see an FBS team like Virginia Tech get to the two or the three yard line and really yeah. have to grind to find a yard or two. So when, when ECU is, has, has bowed up near the goal line, it's a stout looking group. But yet, there are so many wide open spaces in the secondaries we've seen over and over again. And a lot of times, I will say this, quarterbacks have just kind of tossed it up and let their guys make a play and invariably they make a play against ECU. Now conversely, Jace, uh, ECU's got a guy like that. Number 85, Davon Grayson is yep. the playmaker and uh, and talking with the BYU staffers, uh, it's always a concern when there's a go-to guy that seems to do it against everybody. Whether it's Cedric Wilson for Boise State or Davon Grayson in this game, he is the money man. He has more receiving touchdowns this year, Shep, than BYU has as a team. All right, Grayson's got <laughs> six scores himself. 
All right, he averages 17 yards a catch. He also takes it on end arounds and, and jet sweeps, and, and so he's a multi-talented guy, and they use him a lot, and he is the go-to guy for ECU. We'll see how much he gets used tonight, but BYU doesn't have a guy like that. All four, I mean, in fact, uh, Matt Bushman's receiving yards would be fifth on the ECU team right now. So they've got a bunch of guys, and BYU's kind of got one guy, and even that one guy pales to what uh, the Pirates are doing on offense. I, I think it's, I mean, even though it's 2-1 and sixes, uh, we can find enough intrigue uh, about this game to really be compelling uh, on both sides. Yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. And we got about 60 seconds to wrap this up, but I wanted to ask you this, and we were talking about the defense, and this is this is the elixir that, that you need when you're trying to get your offense going is facing this defense. So in your opinion, what do you think would constitute a good day offensively for BYU today? You know, I, I, I really am hesitant to, to, to issue a prognostication or an expectation because all I really want is the W. One more and, point. And if, and if That's it comes 7-6 or it comes 10-7, I don't care. Uh, if, if the offense doesn't get on track but they win, Let's take it and run with it. I, I just don't. I don't necessarily, uh, you know, have an expectation that way. But I, I, I couldn't say it any more plainly than I did, Jason. Whether it's FCS or FBS, everyone has gotten yards. Everyone has scored a ton of points against DCU. If you don't, uh, then then you wonder about to, you know kind of who you are and your potential down the stretch uh, because ECU is generous. And if it gets into shootout mode tonight, does BYU have what it takes to answer? That'll be the question. Greg, great stuff. Always appreciate the chat. We'll hear your conversation with Kalani coming up in its entirety in uh, in just a little bit. So thank you for your time, Mark. Great stuff as always. We'll hear both of you coming up in about a half an hour. Jason, okay. thank you. And you've got a, multi, uh, a multi-tool night to head it up as you're going to be doing some soccer later on. So best of luck with the uh, senior night broadcast for BYU and LMU over at Southfield. And we'll have uh, Terry South joining us from your spot later on here in the football broadcast. So you have a great night, too, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Appreciate it, guys. We'll talk to you in a little bit. That's right. As soon as uh, pregame's done for me, I'm heading over to Southfield for a little BYU women's soccer on senior night. That's going to do it for Cougar, the Cougar Countdown Show. Coming up next, it is Cougar Pregame Live. You're listening to BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned into BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Our coverage continues with Cougar Pregame Live. He's going to go! Touchdown! Cougar Pre-Game Live is brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 25 years. Now let's join your host, Jason Shepard. Welcome into Cougar Pre-Game Live. The BYU Cougars are getting ready to face the Pirates of East Carolina. Coming up, you are going to hear from their head coach, Scotty Montgomery. But before we get to that, We've got Nate's notes coming up. We'll pause, though, quickly, 10 seconds. Let's give all of our stations an opportunity to identify themselves on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. KBYU FM, HD2, Provo. You're listening to Cougar Sports on BYU Radio. It's how we begin Cougar pregame live each and every week. It is Nate's Notes brought to you by Nissan, proud supporter of college athletics. You can learn more at choosenissan.com. Nate Mickle joining me from Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. Nate, how are things going for you tonight? You know, you can just uh, repeat everything Greg said uh, <laughs> about the Carolinas. You know, what a great opportunity for BYU, the fans, to be able to travel the entire country, come out to such a beautiful, beautiful place. Greenville, uh, just been an amazing trip so far. How much barbecue have you consumed to this point? 
Um, yeah, you know, I've been doing pretty good with the weight the last couple months. Dropped about 15 pounds. And, nice. And uh, have eaten way too much barbecue on this trip to stick with that trend. But, it's <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just it's so fun to be able to travel the country with these guys. And, and I'm so excited to be here to watch them play tonight. All right, I want to put you on the spot right out of the gate. Tell me why things will be different for BYU today. Yeah, that's easy. Uh, you know, you think about BYU's schedule and who they've played so far, and it ranks 16th uh, nationally in terms of difficulty. And of all 15 teams ahead of them, only three of those teams have winning records. Uh, so tonight, you're not playing a top 25 team. Uh, you're playing a team that gives up, holy cow, 50 points a game. I mean, ranked 130th nationally. Like, you know, as, as Greg was saying, this defense is just... I mean, porous is the word, 600 yards a game they're giving up. So that's why it's going to be different. Uh, you also think about as a player the psychology of it. Uh, you know, I think this BYU team has come in every game they've played and hope to win. And I don't know that they're expecting to win. Maybe they do, but they hope to win. But as soon as you get down, it's like, ah, is it going to happen again? Am I going to get rolled again? And it's just that much easier to let your kind of effort drop just that much. I still remember as a junior in high school, going way back, uh, we're playing at Idaho Falls, and they got a pretty good running back, a guy named Ross Ginkle. I think he was like, you know, 210, 215, stud running back. I remember it's fourth down, and he catches a ball on the flat, and I'm playing corner, and he's coming up on the first down marker, and it's me and him, and I'm flying up. And, I, I, like, he's right at the chains. And I've, i got to decide, like, am I going to try to just tackle him and bring him down and let him get the first down? Or am I going to really try to stop him? And the game was tight, and I really tried to stop him. And I paid a price. I mean, just full speed. When you're in the game and you know there's a chance to win, you're going to make that play, right? You're going to sacrifice your body. And, and we did win that game, thank you very much. And we did stop him on that fourth down. If we're down by 20 in that moment, I'm probably not going to sacrifice my body like that. I'm thinking about next week already. So in this game tonight, BYU, uh, they want to win, and I think they expect to win. And I think if they can keep it close, you're going to see a little bit more energy, a little bit more effort out of the guys. Were you talking about wanting to win and expecting to win? The other thing we expect is for BYU's offense to be able to produce today because of the points that we were talking about earlier that you mentioned again, just the, the sheer numbers, the statistics that this defense is giving up. So I want to go back to a question that was asked to Mark a little while ago. Who needs to have the better day for BYU to win on offense, Ula or Tanner? Because yeah, Mark so I said look, Tanner. Yeah, so I look at the ECU's pass D and run D to see you know, which one would you expect to do better. And, and they're both equally horrible. Uh, the pass defense is ranked 129th, giving up 330 yards a game. The rush D is ranked 127th nationally, giving up 272 yards a game. Uh, so there it's pretty much equal. But, yeah, I'm going to have to go with Mark on this just because, and as Greg alluded to, you got to score points to right. beat this team. They score some points. And I think Tanner will today. I'm excited to see Tanner Mangum today. Uh, I was talking to John Beck about Tanner this week, and, and you know, John asked me, you know, what's going on? You're there. And, and I said, look, Tanner Mangum is not a bum. The guy threw for 3,300 yards as a, as a freshman barely off the mission. You have to have some very uh, good skill, some talent, some moxie to be able to do that as a freshman. 23 touchdowns. Uh, so I think lots happened since then. He's thrown to new players, got the new scheme. But I expect to see Tanner tonight. 
uh, throw the ball again and, and throw it all over the place. I hope to see and, and break that you know 200 yard passing barrier that BYU hasn't broken for a while and hopefully get up into that 300. Nate Mickle joining me from East Carolina, where BYU will take on the Pirates tonight. One of the things that ECU can do is throw the football. It yeah. would certainly seem that pass defense will be critical tonight for the Cougar defense. Yeah, ECU, they can throw it. They're 30th nationally in passing per game. You know, about 300 yards a game. They're at 286 per game, so they can throw it. And the BYU pass defense right now is ranked 50th, which actually surprised me. I thought they would be a little bit lower than that. Uh, but you had, you know, Mississippi State and LSU that just ran a lot against BYU. Uh, the, the thing that concerns me about the BYU pass defense is the middle of the field. We, we talked about this several times during the season. Middle of the field has been uh, quite uh, open for BYU opponents this season. Uh, BYU gives up 200 yards per game through the year. So, uh, yeah, that's, I think, where the rubber hits the road. Who's going to win that battle? Is the BYU pass defense, ECU pass offense? Uh, I'm excited for Guy and uh, Diane Gualaku. I was talking to uh, my brother-in-law. You know, he lives out here in North Carolina, so got to visit family while I'm out. And he, and he nice. said, who's uh, one of your favorite players on BYU? And I said, Diane Gualaku. He's tough. He makes tackles. He's competitive. Last week he had two picks for 100, and he, and he uh, returned him for 105 yards. Do you know he's number five all-time in career INT return yards for BYU? Pretty good for a, a guy in his sophomore season. Uh, so excited to see Diane to, again today. And, uh, yeah, that's, I think that's the question. How does the BYU pass defense hold up against the ECU Paso? You also deserve props for the confidence in which you say Diane Gawoluku. You know, a little bit of practice and a lot of love. You know, when you love a guy, when you see a guy that just has fight and fire and makes plays, yeah, he's gotten beat a couple times, every corner does, but the guy consistently makes plays. Yeah, he's one of my favorites. So easy to remember a name like that when you, when you love the guy. I want to I put you on the spot with the first question. I'm going to put you on the spot for the last one, too. And we realize, and I, I prefaced this when I was talking to Mark about this uh, in uh, the Cougar Countdown show. We all realize that players and coaches cannot talk about multiple games. It's all about mm-hmm. the next game. I totally get that. But we all know that if BYU is going to go to a bowl game, they're going to need to win the last six games in order yeah. to do that. So my question to you, do you believe BYU can win six games in a row to become bowl eligible? Yeah, can. Yes. Will they? Well, the odds are not in your favor, unfortunately. You know, you think about, uh, you look who they got the left. They got six games, okay? So imagine uh, against ECU tonight, you had a 90% chance of winning. And then the next week against San Jose, 90%. And then Fresno State, 90%. UNLV, 90%. UMass, 90%. Hawaii, 90%. Imagine if every one of those games was 90%. The odds of winning all six of those is only 53%. So you're already, this is going to be a tough climb. Now, unfortunately, the odds of winning each of those games is not 90%. If you look at uh, the ESPN uh, football power index, you know, tonight's is a 70%. San Jose State is around 90 but then you've got Fresno around 20%. UNLV is a toss-up. Uh, Hawaii is a toss-up. So if you look at, you know, take the kind of analytic approach, uh, you add up all those probabilities, multiply them together. That's a 3% chance of winning out. So uh, that's to say, look, if you're a BYU fan, uh, if BYU gets a win tonight, appreciate it. If they get a win next week, appreciate it. Hope for a bowl game. Of course, as a player, you're not thinking about that. You go on the Mark Lyons approach of, look, we can win tonight. We can win next week. And as a player, you believe you can do it. Uh, But, man, it all starts tonight. It's going to be a long road, tough road to get to that bowl, though. No question about it. And I think we all agree. If BYU is going to get right today is a perfect 
team and a perfect opportunity to do that. Nate, great stuff, man. Appreciate the time as always. We'll hear you with Greg and Mark coming up in just a little bit. All right, great. Thanks, Chef. You bet. On the other side, my conversation with ECU head coach Scotty Montgomery. That's next on Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Jason Shepard with you. Welcome back to Cougar Pregame Live. We're getting you ready for BYU and ECU. Earlier this week, I talked with the head coach of the East Carolina Pirates, Scotty Montgomery. Coach Montgomery is in his second season in charge of the Pirate football program. East Carolina has gone 4-15 and 15 during that time. Here's our conversation. Two one and six teams. That's what today's matchup will feature. Is it safe to say both teams desperately need a victory today? Yeah, I, I would say so. You know, we, in this business, you really want to come out and play well every single game and win every game. And then and, and when you get an opportunity to to come out and play, uh, anytime you step out on the field, you want to win. So uh, it's one of those situations where both teams will be comp- competing today at a really high level. Realizing that it's usually a combination of things, but but if you had to pick one overriding issue, what's been the biggest reason why this season hasn't gone the way you had hoped? You know, we had a lot of team chemistry in camp, and 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 then we started to, you know, whether it be injury or or other things, we started to just kind of lose uh, that that chemistry on the field because we had to move a guy from this spot to that spot, or this spot to that spot, and really, you know, we got a couple of guys playing out of position, uh, but I really think that they've gotten better um, at, at playing in these positions. So I think we're going to start to have a great turn and starting with today to be be great for the Pirates to come out and get a win today. Anytime a team starts out one and six, BYU's dealing with this, you know, as we talked about, I'm assuming that the coach has concerns on how the players are going to handle it, how they're going to stay motivated. How have your players handled the frustrations of a one and six season? You know, we're pirates, man. We're undaunted. You know, our, it's, it's hard at times being a pirate. And, you know, we've really, really enjoyed uh, the closeness that have been created through some of the struggles that we have. There's, you know, I tell those guys all the time, there's there's, you know, there's the forming period, uh, then there's the storming period, which we've been through, and hopefully today we'll finally come out of the storming period and go into the performing period. What's the leadership like on the team? Is there Has a lot of that come from the players themselves amongst themselves? Yes, you know, there's been a, just a lot of player-to-player accountability, and we really, uh, we, we really appreciate that. You know, we never, uh, we we don't put it on players. Our players don't put it on coaches, but our players have done, you know, a really, really good job of trying to identify some of the issues, especially as it pertains to taking it from the practice field to the game field. Some of our players really understand it. A lot of the coaches have really worked hard and put them in position. So when they get that opportunity in a game, and it's the exact same look, and everything looks exactly the same then the players have to go out and execute it. And, and that's what they're, they're dealing with. And I'm, I'm very confident in our guys that we'll get this thing turned around and we'll, we'll have a good day of work. East Carolina head coach Scotty Montgomery joining me here on Cougar Pregame Live. When we look at the Pirate offense, one of the things that certainly stands out is the ability to throw the football. That's something that this offense has been able to hang its hat on for quite a while. How much pressure does Cirque as the quarterback and the receivers feel to make things happen through the air right now? 
Yeah, we, we we're feeling a lot of uh, we're feeling a lot of stress. It's not pressure, you know. We like to apply pressure. We don't we don't necessarily feel that. We just feel the stress of uh, having needing to get our running game going, and 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 that's the stress that that maybe Thomas and even the receivers the receivers kind of know now uh, that if they're going to re- be really really uh, efficient in the passing game, then we've got to get perimeter blocking corrected. We've got to get some of our interior blocking corrected, and all those things combined is what we're stressing right now to to create a run game. That, that will complement uh, and, you know, and add to our passing game right now. What are your thoughts on this 2017 BYU football team? I think they're a good football team. You know, one of the things I think is they had to play a schedule that I don't think anybody in this country would want to play. Uh, and their, their their road schedule has also been tough. Uh, but I, I really like this football team, and I can tell you they love to play football together. Just a lot of, you know, you, you watch on tape the body demeanor of different people on the field. And they've got some leadership on the field. You can clearly see that that, that makes them, make them a tough opponent for us today. BYU wants to establish the run, as all teams do, just like you were saying that you wanted to do for your team. You want to take advantage of mismatches in the pass game then. Doing that consistently has been the concern for BYU. How do you feel your defense stacks up with what the Cougars want to do offensively? Well, you know, we we really this is a this is a new kind of a look for us. You know, we play in the in the American Athletic Conference and and, and out of conference we played against you know West Virginia, you know Virginia Tech, some teams that that truly want to spread you and and get you into a whole lot of speed and space situations. So it's a space game. This this presents a different challenge for us because uh, you guys can get into twelve personnel, eleven personnel, twenty personnel with two backs that we never see the likes of a two hundred and forty pound back and a two hundred and fifty pound back. So it's a much more physical. Uh, run game, so uh, this is going to be interesting. We do think that we have some talent in our defensive front, uh, and, and and what really scares you is the ability for 15 and three to get to the seams and Mangum to hit them in the seams. So uh, those th- those two things combined, you know, present a new challenge for us. The numbers that are being put up against your defense, how much of that is just because of the level of competition that you faced to begin the year? Well, we've been against some pretty, you know, dynamic offenses. There's no question about it. But I think that the number of points per game is what really you, you have to eye and look at really hardly, uh, you know, because th- those points per game, that, that doesn't just go to uh, the defense. That's special teams. Uh, that's offense. That's defense. Uh, we've given up, a, a, you know, a touchdown, of course, a pick six uh, before, and, and we've given up a touchdown in special teams. So you've you got to look at some of these numbers. But the one number that we can definitely, be better at on defenses yards per game and 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 we have going to get some great quarterbacks some great teams um and and that's what you're supposed to do and if we're going to get this program to where we need to to get it to we're going to have to go against a lot more a minute or so more with scotty montgomery head coach of east carolina so what are those keys then that you talk to your team about that you'll be putting on the old whiteboard for saturday you know, the number one thing that we, we have to do in, in this game is we have to come out and, and, and run the football and establish the run. And, and that may be several different ways, whether it's perimeter runs, whether it's interior runs, whether it's quarterback runs, but we've got to establish the runs. When we get a chance to make plays and X plays, uh, those X plays have to turn into touchdowns. We really want to give our uh, the crowd the energy and excitement early and to try to create some X plays. Uh, on the other hand, on defense, uh, our, our, the thing that we have to do uh, is we have 
have to stop the run. We have to put them in some passing situations that we know there are passing situations. We got to keep them away from the third and threes and third and fours because they can stress you with the physicality of their front and also with some skill in the slots uh, that can that, that can hurt you in route running. So those are the things that we have to do. And special teams wise, we need to be able to create a big play in the game. It's time for our special teams to take a step from being a good or average football team on special teams to, to a really really good football special teams. All right, last thing for you, coach, and this is uh, this is doesn't happen very often, but BYU has never played in North Carolina. This will be the very first time that they will ever yeah. be coming to North Carolina as a program. So, what can the football team, as well as any Cougar fans that are going, what can they expect? And in, in what's something when they get to Greenville? What do they have to do to be able to say that they've had the East Carolina, the Greenville, North Carolina experience? Well, you got the first thing you got to do is you got to come to a pirate football game. It's going to be loud and, and rocking and dowdy fickling. It'll be a great atmosphere. Uh, you know, our first real night atmosphere here, um, and, and our fans really love night games. So that'll be great. I say you need to get here a little early too. Uh, not only to get in the game, but you got to go get you some barbecue while you're in, in, in town and, and just enjoy the people of, of, of Eastern North Carolina. This is uh, not that you're just coming to North Carolina. You're coming to you know, uh, eastern part of North Carolina, which is one of the most beautiful places. Uh, we're really close to the water, uh, but we also just have the best people that you could ever imagine and the best fans. And, and, and the tailgating is going to be spectacular. Everything will be – you have a good time, but you got to get a football game and you got to get you some barbecue. Hey, there's nothing wrong with barbecue and, uh, and a football game. Coach, awesome stuff. Appreciate the time, and uh, thank you so much. Take care. Really enjoyed talking with Scotty Montgomery, the head coach of the East Carolina Pirates. When we come back, we'll give you, how about we give you, uh, let's update you on what's going on with the University of Utah. I'm probably going to give you that score because you're probably, as a Cougar fan, really going to like the score that I give you. That's all coming up next, and we'll wrap up Cougar pregame live on the other side on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Final segment of Cougar Pregame Live. Jason Shepard with you in our Provo studios. We'll get you out to Dowdy Ficklin Stadium for the site of today's BYU East Carolina football game coming up in just a second. Let's get you caught up, though, on one score going on from one of the local teams here in the state of Utah. The University of Utah is hosting Arizona State at Rice Eccles Stadium. Seven and a half minutes to go in the fourth quarter. The score is 30 to 3. In favor of Arizona State, Tyler Huntley, four interceptions, one just was returned. It was a pick six for Arizona State, and they lead the University of Utah in Salt Lake City by a score of 30 to three. A couple of uh, to-do list things for me in regards to BYU today. Dominate both lines of scrimmage. That will be a huge key for BYU, run the ball. That's obviously a byproduct of dominating on the offensive line. We've seen the numbers that East Carolina is giving up overall on defense, on the ground. This is where an opportunity for Ula Tolutau and the rest of the running backs to really have a big day. Also, keep ECU one-dimensional offensively. Do not let them run the ball. They've struggled with that. They can throw, so pass defense is going to be big. But don't let them get the ground game going. You heard from Scotty Montgomery. That's something that they've been lacking all season long. That's a wrap for Cougar pregame live. Coming up next is the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show with Greg Rubel and Kalani Satake. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
it's time to get Coach Kalani Satake's thoughts on today's game. It's the Cougar Pre-Game Coaches Show, presented by Science Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. I grew up a big BYU fan. I got to play here, and now I'm the coach. I live every day with a lot of gratitude and just happy in the position that I'm in. Now, let's join Mark Lyons and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good afternoon, Cougar football fans, and welcome inside Dowdy Ficklin Stadium in Greenville, North Carolina, home of the ECU Pirates, as today the Cougars venture to the Carolinas for the first time in program history. I'm Greg Rubel. I'm your play-by-play commentator, and with me in the broadcast booth is my broadcast partner, my partner in commentary, longtime game analyst and former BYU quarterback, the Arvada Flash, my good friend Mark Lyons. And uh, Mark, it's been a long, long time since BYU's played a game like this this late into the season. Two one-six teams facing off with the loser destined to suffer the fate of a sub-500 regular season. For BYU, every game places firmly on the line a 12-season postseason streak. Unless the Cougars win out, they will be bowl ineligible, and that lengthy run of postseason play will come to an end. The stakes are certain, and now week to week we get to see if the Cougars are up to the challenge of summoning a reversal of fortune after a most unfortunate first seven games of this season. Well, thank you, Greg, for the introduction. It's always nice to be here with you. What a what a great day we have here for a football game. But, uh, you know, Greg, this is certainly not the season anyone expected. The record is really hard to take, even though it's a tough schedule. It's been tough. People probably could ex- accept losses to LSU and Wisconsin. Maybe even Utah and Boise State. You know, maybe even Utah, of course, was the most competitive game they had. But even if BYU was 3-4 and four right now, it would be disappointing. They would still be struggling. The hard part to accept is the way these games have been played. The drop from last year is just too far. It's just gone too far to see the change from last year to this year. Now comes the second half of the season. Schedule's a little easier, but the play of BYU still needs an overhaul. I do expect them to play better today, but BYU really needs a win. It has to be a victory. A victory today will be the biggest boost they can get to finish strong. So BYU wants to win this six in a row. Well, that can't happen unless you win the first one. And that one is today. That happens to be right now. Vince Lombardi is quoted, winning isn't everything. It's the only thing. That's today's challenge to just come out of here with a victory. So, uh, boy, it's a great night. North Carolina is awesome. Got a good opponent. Greg, what a great day for a football game. I'm not your boy anymore. Greg, my boy. (laughs) Oh, man. How could I? I'm getting so old. Greg, my boy. What a great day for a football game. That's Thank you. more like it. Now we can do this There thing. we go. All right, coming up next, we'll hear from the head coach of the Cougars, Kalani Sitake, as the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coach show continues live from Greenville on the new skin BYU Sports Network. All right, coming up, a 1-6 BYU visiting 1-6 ECU. Back half of a two-game series that began with a 45-38 BYU win back in 2015 at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. It was announced two days ago that a new two-year series will be played 2022 in Provo and 2024 back here in Greenville. For the Cougars, it's a second trip back east in as many weeks. Last Saturday, BYU suffering a setback in Starkville, a sixth straight loss for a program in its worst stretch of futility in some 50 seasons. 50 
it is time for a win. A short time ago, I spoke with BYU head coach Kalani Sitake, a man whose naturally optimistic outlook has been tested over the last two months. Indeed, it was eight weeks ago today that the Cougars won their only game so far this season. BYU's without a win over an FBS opponent as the end of October approaches. Coach Sitake now on being back east for a second straight week. I thought it was good having that extra day um, to, you know, get acclimated to the time. I think it's been good for us and uh, just kind of have our guys kind of regroup and come together as a team and then kind of had no choice but to be together. So it's been nice and, well, you know, hopefully it works out. I think that's why we made that trip. That's why we made that adjustment to our schedules. We're coming out east and, two, and flying two different time zones. So we want to make sure that we get here and, and that we, uh, you know, feel feel the time that doesn't have a lot of effect on our, on what we're trying to do as a team. So uh, really pleased with this week and then just ready to go. Two teams with equal levels of urgency at one and six. When can urgency be a good thing and when can it become too much of something for a team? Well, I think it, we've been caught a little bit early, uh, earlier in the season about it being too much, you know, and having our guys trying to do too much with outside the the realm of their responsibility and so uh, I think our guys understand what we need to do now and, and um, you know just really looking forward to our guys playing best ball I mean it, it's horrible that we have to say that mid-season but um, it's now's a great time for it to start and I think our guys are um, have a sense of urgency to do that but within the, within their their responsibilities I think it's fair to say that you still think your team is looking for its first real 60-minute game so far this year isn't that true yeah no, that, that, that's uh, that's pretty much um, the same thing that everyone thinks on this team and in this program and uh, just want to see our consistency be for 60 minutes to sustain it doesn't have to be perfect um, because never is there a game that's perfect but um, we we need to get to that point where we can feel really good about our our performance for the entire game whether we're good enough or not it really doesn't matter it's just a matter of us trying to do our job and trying to make sure that we can sustain it and be consistent okay how do you feel about uh, the health of your respective units coming into this week's game well, I mean, that's, you know, we have to adjust with, with certain injuries and things like that, but um, we're going to have to go w- without a few guys again this week, but that's part of the game and uh, a great opportunity for the young guys and the other guys that are be- have been behind to get more reps and get uh, make the best of their opportunity. Do you feel like you've got a consistent week of work at quarterback this week? Yeah, I really believe that, um, you know, looking at Tanner, and he's a lot healthier than he has been the last couple of weeks, and I thought Joe's starting to come along a lot more since we took him out of redshirt mode, and, <clears throat> you know, just the field really good about those two and the reps that they got and the progress that they've made already in the last couple of weeks and then I feel, also feel good about the way Kofensis is starting to come along as, as a, you know, our wildcat part of our, of our offense but um, really good about, about our, the preparation and then uh, you know, just unfortunate with some of the injuries but that's how you, you got to respond back and and uh, it's nice to have Tanner back close to 100%. We saw Riley Burke get back in the running back mix last week. And how close is K.J. Hall to joining him and giving him another body there? Yeah, both Riley Burke and K.J. will go today. And um, they had a really great week of practice. And, and um, it's good to get K.J. back, although we'll be, we'll be down Squally and, and Kavika. But um, I think it would be good to have Ula um, mixed in with Riley and, and K.J. I think that will be a good staple for us. Fred? And Butch and uh, Grant Jones, I guess, to start off there. Yeah, linebackers. Yeah, we'll have yeah. that. Kuje will not be able to go today, and Butch is still, you know, he's got a club on his hand, but it's it's he just has to deal with it. And um, Fred's been consistent. He was a little banged up from last week, but um, we need him to step up. And, and uh, you know, if he uses his technique, hopefully they keep him healthy. That's the goal is to get get our guys consistent up for, up up front first, and then uh, you know we we have a lot of guys that are, might get their first action at, at linebacker more. 
first consistent action. Yeah. Do you see a one in sixteen when you watch ECU on film? No, I, I think we respect our opponents too much to look at, at their their record. I hope they hope they're overlooking us. You know, <laughs> I'm not sure if they are or not, but there's enough things that we see in there that, that they're kind of go through the same things. You know, they have. Um, They've hung in there with with uh, Virginia Tech. They were up 17-7 on them, and we're down 23-17 at halftime. And um, you know where you really get after these guys in the second half. So we have to be consistent from the beginning, jump on them early, and then just sustain that throughout the whole 60 minutes and and uh, get this thing turned around. I know you're hoping your defense has one of those lights out days and just plays one of its best games of the year. If it turns out to be kind of a back and forth game, do you think the offense is ready to kind of turn the corner and, and put some points up? Yeah, they have no choice. I mean that's. Regardless of, of how our defense is doing, I think our offense has a mindset right now to, to get some things done. And they have a lot to prove right now. And, and uh, I know there's a lot of pride on that side with the coaches and the players, and I'm looking forward to them performing tonight. Okay, finally, uh, this series has been renewed for two more years, a few years down the road. Mm-hmm. What makes BYU-ECU these kinds of games good for both programs? Well, it's a lot of fun. You know, we, we come all the way out here, and they come up to the mountains. And so it's a, it's just good to have, uh, you know, in this independent, um, you know, that, that we're an independent school, it's good to have a little bit of consistency and being able to see these guys and know. For me, it's my first time down here. So, you know, as a head coach, next time we come down here, it'll be, it won't be so foreign to me. And so it's been nice to have that common uh a common opponent, um, but you know we we need to win some games and make it uh, so that's a lot easier on our side to go. Whether it's here in the Carolina or up in, in Provo, uh, we just need success on the field. All right. Hope this long-awaited win comes tonight. We'll talk to you post-game. Let's make it happen. Thank you. Let's make it happen. That's BYU head coach Kalani Sitake and the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show. Our preview of BYU and ECU rolls on from Greenville, North Carolina. After this brief intermission on the new skin BYU Sportsnet. Kickoff. Touchdown! He does it again! He's just around the corner. You're tuned to the Republic Wireless Cougar Kickoff Show. Republic Wireless. Life is better when we're connected. The Cougar Kickoff Show is also brought to you by your local Utah Honda dealers and by BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Now, let's head live to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Broadcast Booth and join Mark Lyons along with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. As dusk falls over the sky here in eastern North Carolina, we're at ECU, East Carolina for BYU and ECU. Good afternoon again from Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. Afternoon in the Mountain Time Zone, evening here in the Eastern Time Zone. At Dowdy Ficklin Stadium, this 50,000-seat venue. Mark, I, I get a TCU vibe. I mean, clearly no, purple's a part of it, but still the, the, the shape of the stadium and the feel I get uh, yeah, back I in those, uh, those Mountain West days. I get a sense of TCU feel here. Tonight, uh, a pair of one-in-six teams with second-year coaches. Coaches collide. Programs with equal measures of desperation going head-to-head in the heart of North Carolina. I'm Greg Rubel. Joined in our broadcast booth by game analyst Mark Lyons. Engineer Barry Squires. Spotter Doug Martin. And by the way, welcome back to Barry, who was not with us last week. Uh, Statsman Rolf Sokolowski down on the field. Former Cougar, receiver, return man, and academic All-American. Nate Mickle. Nate Mickle reports from the Zions Bank end zone. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Nate will join us later on in our pregame coverage. Jason Shepard and Terry South teaming up as our studio hosts this evening. Our control board operator is Carter Malloy. And our broadcast intern on this trip is Tommy Johnson. You are tuned in on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. We are coast to coast like buttered toast. Broadcasting to Cougar Nation on satellite via BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143, locally on KSL News 
Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM in Salt Lake City. And we are heard on our BYU Sports Network affiliates around Idaho and Utah. Also globally online at BYUradio.org, BYUcougars.com, KSL.com. And on the BYU Cougars app, the BYU Radio app, the KSL Radio app, or the TuneIn Radio app. However you are joining us this very fine evening, it's great to have you along. Well, BYU's 13-game schedule was essentially composed of the strenuous six and the softer seven. The first games saw BYU play uh, six FBS foes, uh, four from the P- uh, P5 ranks, and then uh, tough regional games with uh, Utah State and Boise State. Uh, six games and six losses against those teams with the most recent setback coming last Saturday in BYU's final P5 opportunity at Mississippi State. The record of the six teams to defeat BYU is a combined 26-12, and 12, so they've been pretty good. Now come the final six games, no P5s, only one opponent with a winning record. The combined record of the six remaining opponents on BYU's schedule is an almost exact opposite, 11 yeah. and 29. Mark, if you were a team that needed to win out to get back to a bowl, the schedule is set up for success. But if you're a team that is one and six with arguably uh, the least productive <laughs> offense in the FBS, you are as much a target as the teams you're targeting. That's right. It's going to be a grind tonight and in every game to end this season. Well, I think the encouraging thing and the disappointing thing about that, Greg, is they're the same thing, you know? And that is BYU's chances to, impro- to win improved greatly tonight, but the chance to win, you would like to have it a win because you got better this week. So as in every week, I'm looking for improved play from BYU. You know, and in all areas, better blocking, better running, better tackling, better passing and catching. You know, better play calling. It goes along. Better substitutions, better personnel. You, you just have to get better on everything. Better in protecting the quarterback and better putting pressure on their quarterback. You know, the win is totally necessary. But to improve while getting that win would be personally satisfying to every one of those BYU players. More of the Republic Wireless Cougar Kickoff Show is coming up after the break. Stay in touch with nationwide smartphone coverage starting at $20 per month. Republic Wireless, better coverage in more places for less money. He's Mark Lyons. I'm Greg Rubel, and this is BYU Football from Greenville, North Carolina, on the new skin BYU Sports Network. This is BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143 and online at byuradio.org. Talk about good. BYU farthest traveler. We'll do it again here in a few years. Uh, two more games coming up uh, down the line. All right, uh, last week at Mississippi State, uh, Tanner Mangum had his best percentage passing day since late in his freshman season. BYU's pass efficiency number wasn't great, but it was the best it has been this season. That said, Ty Detmer took the ball out of his hands repeatedly on third down passing situations, yeah. but tonight, with ECU fielding the most generous pass defense in college football, BYU, I think, will have to put the ball in the air and successfully, especially since ECU can really sling it themselves. Two years ago, BYU threw for almost 350 and three touchdowns in a wild win over ECU. And Mark, tonight, two years later, I think we need to see Tanner Mangum be a throwing quarterback again. Boy, it would be, I think he would like it. I think uh, it would be a good thing to do against this defense. But uh, ECU's defense gives up just unbelievably huge numbers. You know, they're like uh, last in the, they're 129th in total defense. And uh, I think they've played a difficult schedule. We talked about, by the way. That's dead last. Yeah, and, and see, in the margin. Yeah, yeah, and so they're 128th in pass defense, one better than last. So they've played a difficult schedule. They've played a lot of good people, but I, I watch their video and they play aggressive defense. They give up lots of yards, but in small chunks. They hit hard, they tackle well. 
but they give up 58% on third downs. That's also last in the nation. So I think they are weaker on pass defense than the rush defense, so it would help BYU to be improved in the pass game. So I would like to see that they give Tanner Mangum time to throw. They protect him. He looks short and then goes long for a high percentage, similar to what they did last week, and make first downs on third down with pass completions. I just think that they have to be able to throw the ball when they have third and, you know, more than six yards to go. So uh, those kind of things, I think, play into the hand of BYU's pass game, and tonight would be a good night to see it improved. All right, it is break time once again, and as we do step away, let's get to You Be the Judge, brought to you by Legally Mine. Legally Mine equals asset protection. Go to LegallyMineUSA.com to learn what you can do to stop lawsuits dead in their tracks. Here's tonight's rules scenario. Kicker places the ball on the tee in the center of the field for a kickoff with four teammates to the left side of the ball and six teammates to the right side of the ball. The ball blows off the tee. A teammate who was lined up to the left of the ball then holds the ball on the tee for the right-footed kicker. No other teammate players move or no other kicking team players move. When the ball is kicked, the holder's now to the kicker's right. Is this a legal kickoff? The answer is coming up next as the Republic Wireless Cougar Kickoff Show continues live from Greenville, North Carolina on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. All right, so back at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium in Greenville, North Carolina for BYU and ECU. Second all-time meeting. Cougs captured that the first encounter two seasons ago in Provo, as we discussed. Time to get the answer in tonight's NCAA football rules question in You Be the Judge, brought to you by Legally Mine. Here was tonight's football rules scenario. Kicker places the ball on the tee in the center of the field for a kickoff with four teammates to the left side of the ball and six teammates to the right side of the ball. The ball blows off the tee. A teammate who was lined up to the left of the ball then holds the ball on the tee for the right-footed kicker. No other kicking team players move. When the ball is kicked, the holder is now to the kicker's right. Is this a legal kickoff? Is it, Mark? It is not. It is not. According to Rule 6, 1, 2, C, 3, absolutely not. It's a foul for illegal formation at the kick. The rule states that when the ball is kicked, at least four kicking team players must be on each side of the kicker. That's you be the judge. Sponsored, uh, presented by Legally Mine. Yes. That eliminated when they'd set up uh, four guys on the left and then all shift over quickly to the right as the ball was being kicked on an onside kick. Overload the field. Yeah, and that took away that opportunity to tell him improve their chances of getting an onside kick. Now, speaking of the kicking game, BYU's been adequate this season, uh, Mark. Uh, place kicks have been accurate, if not terribly long. Punt efficiency is very high. Punt and kickoff cover teams are doing well. Yeah. What BYU lacks right now is a productive return game. Yeah, I, I agree completely, Greg. Red Allman's been good. Six for eight. You know, his uh, two misses were 28 and 33, you know, but he, and he doesn't have that length. His longest is, uh, 40, is 38 yards. And yeah. So uh, I, I agree. He's eight for eight on PATs. Again, punt. adequate was the word. Yeah, yeah. adequate. Yeah. PAT, or uh, punt, yeah, I think Johnny Linehan's done a nice job, and he's been able to flip the field a few times with those long uh, kicks. But uh, the return team, oh, man, oh, man, the punt return is just it's less than one yard a return. Now, you would like to be averaging as a, as a return team over 10 yards. But when you're defending the punt return, you want to keep them under six yards. So they do a great job. They're only giving up three yards a return so far as an average. And uh, kickoff return is also. Now, Jonah Trineman. He does have the ability. We saw he almost uh, popped that one against Utah, just got, got slapped on his foot. 
So he has that ability that he might be able to make the big play, but there haven't been enough opportunities. We're under 20 yards of return. You'd, better, you'd be better to let it go through the end zone and start at the 25. So that's our special teams look as we uh, segue into it with that uh, kicking question on you uh, on Legally Minds. You be the judge. Coming up, we'll hear from Nate Mickle down at field level as our pregame coverage of BYU and ECU continues. We're live in Greenville, North Carolina. This is the Republic Wireless Cougar Kickoff Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's pause. Ten seconds for station identification on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. KBYU FM, HD2, Provo. You're listening to Cougar Sports on BYU Radio. All right, just ahead of BYU and ECU, let's head down to field level, bring up our crowd mic, and enjoy this evening's national anthem. and then the marching band is bordered in the shape of North Carolina or outside the uh, bordered logo. It's a nice look out there on field level. All right, to BYU and ECU. Now, Mark alluded to it a short time ago. Uh, the Pirates' defense allows inconceivable numbers. 50 points and 600 yards per game are the averages, not the highs allowed. Those are the averages against ECU defensively this year. 50 points, 600 yards. Now, Mark, we know just how mightily the Cougars' offense has struggled this season. But if you can't find yards and points against this team, maybe you can't do it. Uh, that's, that's a, this is a line-in-the-sand game for BYU uh, offense, especially. And it better produce because ECU, well, they can move the chains, especially through the air. They've got four 1,000-yard receivers on the roster. Well, yeah, I agree that uh, you just have to keep up with that. So BYU needs a breakout offensive game to heal all ills. If BYU can be better on offense this week because they are better, ECU has the same challenges on defense. They're going to try and get better because they see that BYU's a little weak. It's an interesting matchup that uh, ECU's defense is weak and BYU's offense is challenged. And uh, BYU's offense is better than the defense, and East Carolina's got the better offense. So it matches up both ways. 
This is a game to get ahead in the chains. BYU can stay on track in first down opportunities. That helps them to extend drives, and you have to finish those drives with points. So if the offense can play ball control and score points, that greatly reduces ECU's offensive strategy. You know, And so big pass yardage numbers is uh, with an inconsistent completion percentage. That's ECU's game. They make big plays, but they're inconsistent as far as completing many passes. So the quarterback's thrown eight interceptions and nine TDs. So it's pretty interesting that his number of completions is pretty close to the number of throws that Tanner has made this year. So, you know, I'm talking about ECU's pass completions compared to Tanner's attempts. So they, they, they just throw the ball a lot more than they run it. Cirque has nine touchdown throws, as Mark mentioned, but Minshew's got four more. So they have 13 touchdown passes on the year. BYU has five. Let's send it down to Nate Mickle at the Zions Bank end zone. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. And, Nate, in spite of all the injuries and everything negative we've seen over the last seven weeks, I still believe that the players BYU puts on the field are collectively better than they've shown. At some point, BYU has to be BYU again. Every ex-player I talk to speaks of the legacy these coaches and players have to uphold. And as a recent former player yourself, I know that you know where these guys are coming from. Yeah, absolutely, Greg. I was on the team in 2004 the last time BYU didn't go to a bowl game. I know what it's, not, I know what it's like to lose and I know what it's like to turn it around I recently spoke to the wide receiver group and the message was look guys we love you every former player is pulling for you and now's the time to turn it around that's Nate Mickle kickoff is coming up folks after this we'll get marks Ken Garf keys to the game the coin toss and the opening kick this has been the Republic Wireless Cougar kickoff show on the new skin BYU Sports Network